Issues Etc. listeners are needed to vote for President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has the right to vote through a pastoral and a lay voter, two voters per congregation or parish. Voter registration must be completed by Midnight Central on March 19th of 2023. Request to be a voter at your congregation for president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. I think the new ethic is founded on the volatile and non-transferable platform of human emotion. It's purely visceral feelings and sentiment, which are themselves inscrutable. The problem with CRT is that it has the same problem that the white nationalists do, just define everybody by their race and not who they are as an individual, where you have the white nationalists doing this and you have the critical race theorists doing this. They're just doing it in different directions. But given the challenges that black families face specifically, I don't think it's too much to ask for the leading civil rights organizations to talk more about the importance of the black family than they do about the importance of Planned Parenthood's agenda. And the only way he can justly forgive is by paying the price for those sins himself. And so this is the way humanity can find meaning and purpose and know right from wrong. And that truth's only found within scripture. Young Lutherans ages four and six learn the evening prayer from listening to Issues Etc. I thank you, my heavenly father. Through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you are good Jesus' command to teach all whatsoever he has commanded us applies first, of course, through the apostles to the church and her called pastors. But what about parents in the home? Is there a clear command in Scripture regarding that? And if there is, it must be a good thing. But of course, we have all kinds of obstacles standing in our way as parents when we try to teach God's Word at home. The devil, after all, does not want the Word of God taught to anyone, much less our children. What do you do when your children ask a question about the Bible that you don't know the answer to? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be talking about God's Word in the Christian Home with Pastor Joshua Hayes. He's author of a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Reversing the Trend. It's a listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line. And then Dr. Gene Edward Beeth joins us to do a little history on the Christian resistance to Adolf Hitler. Pastor Joshua Hayes is pastor of St. John's Lutheran Church in Palmer, Kansas, and author of a column for the Lutheran Witness Reversing the Trend. Joshua, welcome back. Thank you. What is the scriptural foundation for teaching the Bible at home? Well, it's everywhere, but the easiest places to look up are Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6. And just in Deuteronomy 6, I would read verse 7, You shall teach my words diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. So that's about as clear a command as I can come up with. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Why has this practice of teaching the Bible at home become more rare? I don't know that I have the answer to that question, but I'll take a a stab at it. And I'll kind of go from the pulpit side and the pew side. On the pulpit side, we had generations of pastors like CFW Walther who would tell people, it's not enough that you read your Bible at home. You also need to read the Book of Concord at home. 
we went from that to, I think, generally just a reticence to tell people to do things because that was feared maybe to be legalistic and a little softer exhortation on the pastor side of things, just generally speaking, mileage may vary. And then on the pew side of things, modern life is rather frantic. We have more conveniences than ever from dishwashers to automatic bill pay. And yet families are finding it harder to sit down together and eat a meal. So there's been some changes on both sides, that, but these are things that we can fix. These are things that we can recover. When attempting to restore the teaching of God's Word in the home, where do we begin? Well, we begin in grace, and this is key, that all Christians plead guilty of neglecting prayer and the Word. We all confess that our worship and prayers have faltered. And so we start by believing that the blood of Jesus covers our sins, because guilt very often for people some people might be listening to this right now and thinking, wow, gee, we really aren't doing this, haven't done it, didn't do it. And guilt is debilitating to getting off the ground. So we believe that Jesus covers our sins and also that he fulfills the law for us. Jesus lived a perfect life of prayer for us. So if we had to first get our prayers straightened out before we could come to our Heavenly Father, none of us could ever do it. But Jesus has a perfect prayer life, and when he teaches us to pray, Our Father, in that one little word, Our, he doesn't only mean Our Father, for example, yours and mine, Todd, but also ours and Christ's. So he is praying, he is interceding for us, and he says, Hey, come sit down next to me and attach your prayers to mine, and they will most certainly be heard by our Father who is in heaven. Why is it important to know that God has commanded, as you mentioned before, commanded the teaching of God's Word at home? Because whatever God commands is good and wise, and it in fact brings the happiest life, both now and for eternity. Psalm 119 says that thy testimonies are the rejoicing of my heart, and that steeping ourselves in the Word of God actually gives us the most joyful, happiest life that we can have both now and for eternity. What promises has God attached to the teaching of His Word in the home? God has promised that His Word is not inactive, but that it's living and doing things in our lives, and that this is the formula for passing on our faith to our children. It's really simple. We take our children to divine service, and then we speak about His Word in our homes. And this is the formula. Everything else is sort of extra. Sunday school, these sorts of things are extras, but they can't be substitutes. And as an aside, I've witnessed this in my time. I spent four years in campus ministry, and what I saw was what everybody knows on paper, that the kids who grew up in a Christian home with mom and dad, especially taking them to church and talking to them about their faith at home, they were the ones that were in church still in college. The others, not so much. There's always exceptions, but very rarely. And I thought, if I ever get back into 
a traditional parish, I've got to tell people this. I've got to tell moms and dads, this is what you need to do if you want to see your kids still active in church when they leave the home. In a practical sense, how do parents overcome the initial awkwardness? I think it can be awkward, and it's not necessarily just parents. Perhaps you're empty nesters and you're not doing anything or whatever your situation may be. I think basically just have to own the awkwardness and starting up any new habit or routine is going to feel strange at first. I sort of imagine if none of us brushed our teeth and we were told that we had to do this strange ritual where we stick this thing in our mouth and spit, that's kind of weird and gross, we would, it would be very strange. But we all grew up brushing our teeth. And in fact, it would feel weird to most of us to go to bed without brushing our teeth. Well, it's not a lot different when it comes to home devotions, Bible time, family worship, whatever you want to call it. Once you do it long enough for a few months, it will actually start to feel weird not to do it. And the other thing I tell people is if a dad just wants to blame it on me, say, hey, pastor, he asked me to do this. Kind of awkward, but I said I'd do it, so let's just do it. You know, if you want to scapegoat your pastor or something like that, just to get over that initial awkward hump, go for it. What should the practice look like? Well, this, I think, is a big hang-up for a lot of people. If you grew up in a home where this happened, then you understand what it can look like. But if you didn't, it can't be hard to even imagine what exactly you're supposed to do so that you might hear the exhortation to teach the Word and talk about it in your home, but you don't really know what that looks like. So I have in mind, in this article I wrote, really just trying to distill it down to the very basics. You might compare it to a a mom who knows she has to make dinner, but she has no idea what to make. Maybe she didn't grow up in a house with a mom that cooked in the home very often. That is kind of a a non-starter if you're stuck there. But if you just sort of back up and think, well, she needs a protein and a vegetable and a grain, then with those very, very general ingredients, she can start fleshing out the specifics. Every household's different. You might have tons of little kids, older kids, no kids, be a widower, college student. But I think we can summarize the basic task as hearing and reading the Bible, learning and teaching it, and prayer. And with those three ingredients, hearing, learning, and prayer, you can work out the details from there. Now, if you just have no clue and you don't know your Bible that well, I suggest as a practical starting point, get a good children's Bible story book, like 120 Bible stories from CPH. You read one of those. It has little questions to talk about at the end, and then you say the Lord's Prayer. And anybody could do that. And in fact, if you did that more or less every day for a year, you'd basically be through the major Bible stories three times in one year. I think maybe one of the most overlooked aspects of this is talking about it in some form. That's what Deuteronomy 6, verse 7 says, that you shall talk about them in your home. So talking about it could be asking basic questions, like who was in the Bible story? When did it happen? Where were they? What did they say? If you've got kids, small kids, maybe have them act it out or retell it. Then you can move on to higher level questions if 
their older children, or if it's just adults in the room, you can ask why or how, or what else in the Bible does this remind you of, or what part of the catechism connects with this. And even just a couple of these questions will generally spark enough conversation. Some days it's just two minutes. Some days it might carry on for several minutes. We're talking with Pastor Joshua Hayes about God's Word in the Christian home. He's author of a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Reversing the Trend. He discussed one resource. We'll discuss more next. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's hell. Slowly go by. You can meet and hear journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway, LCMS President Matt Harrison, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy, and Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. Issues Etc. listeners are needed to vote for President of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has the right to vote through a pastoral and a lay voter, two voters per congregation or parish. Voter registration must be completed by Midnight Central on March 19th of 2023. Request to be a voter at your congregation for president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about God's Word in the Christian home with Pastor Joshua Hayes. Here's an easy way for you to study your Bible. Listen to Pastor Will Whedon's daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study. The Word of the Lord endures forever. Pastor Whedon is presently leading a study on the Gospel of Luke. Listen anytime, anywhere at thewordendures.org, the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app, or your favorite podcast provider. The Word of the Lord endures forever with Pastor Will Whedon. Joshua, you had mentioned a resource a few minutes ago, but what are some other resources available to parents? Yeah, I think that the number one answer I want to give to that question is the Bible. I have seen, in my experience, paralysis by analysis, 
because we live in a time when there are so many great resources, from portals of prayer to the treasury of daily prayer to many other things. But sometimes I just get the sense that people are like, well, I haven't found the right resource yet. And the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible for everyone. That is the number one resource. So open the Bible and read the Bible. And if you don't understand something, don't worry so much right now about the parts you don't understand. Just focus on the parts that you do. And over time, you will grow and learn more. When I say the Bible, then that's also going to include the Catechism, because the Catechism is from the Bible, Ten Commandments, Creed, Lord's Prayer, and the Bible verses on the Lord's Supper and Baptism and Confession and so forth. And then it would be good to also incorporate the hymnal. Hymnal is a way to talk about God's Word through song, and maybe if you're not musically inclined, you can just read a hymn and talk about it. But singing it is really possible for any family that's willing to try. So Bible, hymnal, catechism, those are the main ones, but it's all really the Bible. The Bible read, the Bible talked about, and the Bible prayed. And with that framework, you can flesh out the details, and they will change over time as your household changes and people grow and come and leave. But those three ingredients always remain. Someone is going to say, but at some point my kid is going to ask a question I don't know the answer to. What's your response? Yeah, I think that's another non-starter for a lot of people. Sometimes my kids ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, and I feel really stupid because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to know the answer. But it's okay to just say, that's a great question. Let's ask pastor about that on Sunday. Or if you are working with an older group or you yourself are older, I would recommend then you get the Lutheran Study Bible, because then you're going to have some solid notes that might be able to answer those questions on the spot. But again, don't get bogged down in what you don't immediately understand. Focus on what you do understand, and Scripture over time will interpret Scripture, and you will grow and learn. And it's okay not to know everything. When we're baptized, the Holy Spirit does not download the entire catechism into our heads. We have to learn and grow, but that's okay. That's part of learning. How can a pastor then also help his parishioners restore the teaching of God's Word in their homes? Well, I think the best way is to encourage people to do it in a non-guilt-trippy way. But uh, Paul He's always encouraging, exhorting, pleading by the mercies of God that his congregations do things, and I think a pastor should do this as well. Again, in an encouraging way, I've been saying to my trustees for years that I want them to install an easy button in the parsonage that I can just push and make this easy all the time. But such a thing doesn't exist, so we all struggle at times and in different seasons in doing this. If there is one such thing as an easy button, it's consistency. So pastors just encourage, talk about it, and not just once or twice, but just like keep reminding people about it. And the other thing is, model it. I have a standing invitation to anyone in my congregation, I will come to your house, and I'll do it with you once or twice, and we'll figure out something and show you what it looks like. I also, I start making people do a home Bible reading time when I am bringing them in through new member instruction. 
or pre-marriage instruction and times like this, I just incorporate that into that instruction time so that they have something to go on, some idea of what this looks like. In a culture that is increasingly hostile to Christ and his word, why is daily Bible study vital? I think I would, given that we're in Lent, throw this back on last Sunday's reading, which is The Temptation of Christ in the Wilderness. And three times to beat back the temptations of the devil and the world, he says, it is written. Now, he is our Savior. He is also an example for us. And this might seem like a really obvious point, but part of the reason why Jesus says it is written and then quotes Deuteronomy is because he was able to say it is written and then quote Deuteronomy from memory. That is to say, he had it memorized. Now, I know you might say, well, he's God. Yes, I know. But as a man in his state of humiliation, he had to grow and learn just like you and me. He lived a normal human life in our spot, yet without sin. So if Jesus thinks the way to beat back the devil and resist him is by imbibing the Word of God, the Bible, then we ought to also. And I'll also say this. When I look at the world, I see a very dark place, and I think a lot of us feel that rising darkness, and I see anger, and I see the mental taxing of my mind in trying to sort out what is true and what is false, reality from deception, information from misinformation, and on and on it goes. But when I open my Bible, and when I talk about it with my family and the children and the people I love most, I find great relief. There's the relief of knowing that God's Word is true from the beginning, and that when I'm reading this to my kids, I don't have to be trying to sort out truth from error, reality from deception. It's all true. There's the relief of knowing that God's Word is enough for this life and for the next. I'm not missing out on something. There's not something else I should be reading, but that everything I need to know for salvation and life is right here. There's the relief of knowing that God's Word is living and active, that God's Word is working on me, and that, yes, we do put forth effort in trying to learn. It's not on me to activate God's Word, but God's Word is active on me. There's the relief of knowing that God's Word is clear and clarifies itself. That is, the more I read God's Word, the more God's Word teaches me and my children what it means. And finally, there's the relief of knowing that God's Word is worth more than anything else, and that when I gladly hear it and learn it, especially with others that I love the most, I'm not missing out on something better. I'm not missing out on a better time, but that these, in fact, are the moments that I cherish with my loved ones the most. Pastor Joshua Hayes is pastor of St. John's Lutheran Church in Palmer, Kansas, and author of a column for the Lutheran Witness magazine titled Reversing the Trend. Joshua, thanks. God bless. We were talking about resources that the family can use to teach the Bible at home. A great resource is the Lutheran Study Bible. It's from Concordia Publishing House. It has everything you need in, by way of notes and by way of commentary to rightly teach God's Word at home. Find out more about it at our website, issuesetc.org. We'll have a link there on this interview. And then you can also call Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040, the Lutheran Study Bible. 
On the other side of the break, it's time for listener email. Talk back at issuesetc.org and the Issues Etc. comment line 618-223-8382. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Parable of the Wedding Feast, Parable of the Great Banquet, Part 1 and Part 2, The Cost of Discipleship and Lost Sheep and Coin. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes, dedicated customer service, and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House, listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and lay people worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy promotes confessional Lutheran theology through conferences, scholarly exchanges, and publications like Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up for their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com Please know that you are welcome at Ascension Lutheran Church in Niles. We believe that every word of Holy Scripture is true. Jesus died and rose again for your salvation. We pray for each other. It's a priority. We help each other in times of need. We help each other grow in faith. We encourage one another. We truly love one another. We have room for you and those you love. Ascension Lutheran Church. Niles, Illinois. Education and edification. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Ascension of Christ Lutheran, Beverly Hills, Michigan. Christ the King Lutheran, Billings, Montana. Holy Cross Lutheran, Rockland, California. Hope Lutheran, Granite City, Illinois. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Dubuque, Iowa. St. John Lutheran, New Berlin, Illinois. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Lexington, Kentucky. Redeemer Lutheran, Los Alamos, New Mexico. St. Paul Lutheran, Irvine, California. Trinity Lutheran, San Angelo, Texas. And Zion Lutheran, St. Charles, Missouri. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.